Welcome to Founders and Friends with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to our excellent podcast with Peter Lai of Enverse, I want to talk about a couple things. First of all, the podcast is brought to you by Cruise Consulting, the startup accounting and tax firm started by my lovely wife five years ago, Vanessa Cruz. Uh, we have 160 clients, seed series A, series B, and even a few series C guys. And we do all the monthly accounting plus taxes. So if you're looking for startup accounting help, give us a call or just check out our website, cruiseconsulting.com, cruise with a K. Also brought to you by Goodwin Proctor. They have a fantastic fintech uh, meetup coming. Fin- probably meetup's a little too casual, but it's a uh, symposium on the new fintech charter uh, being discussed. So Michael Whalen is putting that on, one of Goodwin's top uh, lawyers. So I encourage you to check that out. If you need an invite, send me a quick email. I can get you an invite. Finally, uh, the podcast is brought to you by Gusto, Cruise Consulting's preferred payroll provider. We love Gusto. It is absolutely fantastic. We use it ourselves at Cruise Consulting. I think we have about 140 companies on Gusto. It is super easy. It's very cheap, uh, very intuitive. And they have a a service that I like that's called Autopilot, which basically means you can set your payroll as long as nothing's changing too dramatically. It just runs automatically. So check out Gusto. We have a link on our website that gives you 20% off. And I think you get two free months too. If you, you basically get the Cruise Consulting deal if you go to Gusto through that link. So check that out. All right, with all that out of the way, let's talk to Peter Lai of Amberse. Thanks. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest today is Peter Lai from Amberse. Great to have you here. Thanks. So right off the top, I have to say that we uh, are, my lovely wife and I are investors in Amberse. So we are. Uh, we love what Peter's doing, so we're slightly biased, but I hope you enjoy the podcast. Peter's an awesome technologist and a great startup guy, and very happy to have him on the podcast. Well, thanks for the compliments. Yes, yes. So maybe just start off and, and tell your, your background, your life story a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of young, so there's not much of a life story. <laughs> um, I graduated college and uh, started a company called Crocodoc with three other MIT friends. We spent a year just burning money. Uh, and we ran out of it. So then we had to move out west to raise more. And there's where Y Combinator really helped save our business. Uh, eventually, we built a really awesome online document viewer that Box acquired in 2013. And I spent about a year and a half there before leaving Box to start my current company, which is called Inburst. And that's the one that Scott and Vanessa are investors to. Yep. So every, I use your software every day because we love Box. I'm pulling documents up every day, like 20 times a day, and I get to use Crocodox software. Like that's what underpins boxes in, or uh, file sharing stuff, right? Yeah, and I think you use both pieces of software I've written. Um, you use Box whenever you view a document in the browser, and you use Imburse for some of your uh, vendor payments at Cruise Consulting. That's awesome, awesome point. Yes, we are big Imburse fans. We've adopted it. We probably adopted it right when you. Not right when you started the company, but probably nine months ago. Um, I'm trying to remember why. Maybe it's because I forced you to or because you needed it. <laughs> we needed it. Okay. We, it's, well, you, you tell people what Inverse does and why people use it, and then I'll explain why we love it. Yeah. Um, so Inverse, basically, we offer a corporate card that enforces expense policies. Um, we first started with a corporate card, and what I meant by forcing Cruise Consulting to use it, you know, with startups, oftentimes you just launch a product get as many clients as you can, and then figure out what you should be building. And amongst the first things we discovered we really needed to do with our cards was to 
build out a lot of uh, expense policy enforcement and online vendor payment f- features. So in our, in our world, like we see, and we use this internally, we also recommend and burst our clients. Um, people, you know, sometimes team members or employees, they get the corporate credit card and go wild. Um, or you just don't trust them with the corporate credit card. And so you're kind of, you're hesitant to give it to them. Um, and so what Emburst does is it actually like creates a virtual card and, and you guys do have physical cards, but we can put a limit on how much is actually able to be spent on that. And then we actually have a lot of like coding for knowing how to categorize that when it comes back into QuickBooks, things like that. So actually it makes our operation a lot more efficient, but it also is like a risk control mechanism with the corporate credit card. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing we've added is, um, an employee can log in and they don't necessarily need to have a card issued to them yet. They can go onto our platform and request to make a purchase. And then an accountant or controller would go ahead and authorize that purchase. A virtual card would be created and sent directly to their inbox. Which is hugely powerful. Like that's just doing that that quickly, I think is also the, one of the big selling points, right? Like for example, right now we're doing a lot of like Delaware franchise taxes and things like that. And to be able to like knock this stuff out really quickly is very, very helpful. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's, well, we'll talk about inverse a little bit more, but let's go kind of linearly talk about your document startup. And you said like you very provocatively, uh, you said like we almost ran out of money in Boston. So we moved out to San Francisco. Yeah. Tell us that story. It started with my working with a friend. Uh, his name is Ryan D'Amico and he was a CEO of, uh, Crocodoc. It was originally called WebNotes, and um, I had worked with him previously on a NASA project. We flew together on something called the the DC-9 or the Vomit Comet. That's a thing <laughs> Apollo 13 was filmed on. Um, so I had enjoyed working with him. I knew he had ridiculous attention to detail, and he was doing web annotations, and that's something I, I was interested in. So uh, I jumped into that startup alongside two other friends, Bennett and Matt. Um, we didn't really know what we were doing, um, but we were smart and uh, turned out pretty persistent, too. It was a very long five, six-year journey. So we started off not knowing what we are doing, and through six years of time, slowly iterated towards something of value. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a true believer in just picking a direction, really making as much progress towards that, and eventually you'll find product market fit. Yeah, having seen you fight and kick ass on Inverse, it's like I totally can visualize what you're doing on the on the Webhooks product or the web the web, the document software product. Yeah. It's like you knew there was a, a demand for this. You knew that the, these documents are coming to the web and people are going to need to use it a lot more. You just had to figure out kind of your entry point in the market. Um, well, it, it started off with our trying to do research management. Um, and we focused on web research management and to try to expand the types of clients that we could acquire. We also had to add document management. Oh to my our, God. Are our, you kidding me? Uh, no, it wasn't even like the core feature. No, was... we built, yeah, we built like web notes. You could just basically put post-it notes all over the web, but nobody really was willing to pay for that. And those who were willing to pay for it tend to be research scientists who had to manage portfolios of documents. And so one of the first things we built out was a way to show those documents online. And uh, when we're still struggling to uh, generate revenue, we applied to Y Combinator. They basically helped us uh, refocus our business. And amongst the first things we did was to pull out the most valuable parts of WebNotes into a new product called Crocodoc. So the hardest thing we built was this document viewing in the browser. We pulled that out, offered it as a uh, standalone product. 
And then even from there, that wasn't actually the final destination. We thought we would be uh, people would use our product for e-signatures. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was way easier to make money by simply allowing other businesses to use our services in API and embed documents within their own products. And so the, uh, the biggest first customer there that enlightened us was Yammer. Yammer came to us, looked at our product, and uh, they basically proposed a deal where we would open up an API and allow them to embed uh, their documents within their, within their own product. And we got a really good first initial stream of revenue for our API via that deal. That's awesome. How did that conversation go at Y Combinator? Like, did they sit you down and say, we accepted you because you guys are super bright, but we have a couple ideas on where you should go? Or was it a collaborative process? Or how, how do you make that decision inside of Y Combinator? Um, when we applied to Y Combinator, we looked like we had our, uh, our stuff together. Um, we had some initial revenue from a couple schools we sold to. We had a functional team of four that had been working together for a while. So from their perspective, they saw a team that could build a product, would stick together, and was capable of making tough sales. Yeah. And those were true, uh, but we were also, we, we needed to raise money and more desperately than I think they knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it worked out in the end anyways. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So you felt like you got that kind of halo brand effect from them a little bit, but also you guys did some hard work refocused the product and actually probably made fundraising a lot easier for you. And I think why people uh, trust companies with the Y Combinator, you know, quote, brand, I think they do a good job of identifying some of the uh, difficult to identify qualities of early startups that yield success. Uh, most important being you need a team that'll stick together. Uh, one of the most common reasons I think a startup blows up, sometimes it's because they run out of money, but oftentimes, in fact... In my opinion, the majority of the time, it's because the founding team splits. Yeah. So they really, in my opinion, focus on finding teams that'll stick together yeah. for you know an irrationally long period of time. Yeah. I think you're right. Actually, I see. There's times where I see like CEOs lose their nerve, and it's a shame because they're building something really cool that I I believe in, but they'll they just like lose conviction, and it happens kind of. It's a slow process, and then one day, I just they're done. You know, mm-hmm. and you also see. Teams, maybe like the head of engineering or something like that, has their own passion project they want to work on, or their friend's starting a company, and it's a little bit of like the next coolest, uh, sexiest thing, and they bail, leaving the company without their technical lead or something like that. It is tough to keep the team together. I I think it's a really good way of saying that. Um, Now, what you said, uh, losing passion in their project, Crocodile went through incredible numbers of iterations. The advice I usually give to other startup founders, um, you know, a a teleport, like a pivot from what Slack was previously doing to what Slack is doing now, that's quite rare. Um, But the slow evolution of a product from, let's say, web research management to holistic uh, research management, then focusing on just document preview to then becoming an API for uh, document preview. uh, That's something that just takes persistence over time, in my opinion. How did your, you said Yammer was kind of your first anchor customer. How did you go about, did you, did you hire like a sales team or was it you and your co-founders doing the sales? Like how did you guys ramp that? So one thing that team was really talented at, in my opinion, um, it was product. So we were really good at document, uh, document annotations and had provided a, a product with pretty good user experience. And Yammer really wanted to enable document annotations within their own product. So organically, I think uh, their head of engineering reached out to us 
and over the course of six months, try to find a way for us to work together in delivering the benefits of our product within theirs. Mm-hmm. And then once you had them as a success, did you go out and hit the pavement or what'd you do? So Ryan um, said, okay, we're clearly making a lot of money doing this. I think we should try to do this. Yes. And, Let's not overthink this, guys. Well, actually, I was looking at a product and it said, there's no way there's a business there. Like we should totally just try to do, you know, e-signing and, uh, you know, web annotations um, as, a, as a consumer or a direct B2B product. And after quite a lot of debate, we decided uh, to split our homepage in two. So we had two different types of products. One was for the API business and one was for the consumer slash uh, direct B2B business. When I say direct B2B, I mean offering a product, a user-facing product to the business. Yeah, like people inside a Fortune one. 500 company could sign up and use it, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, but it just turned out the API side of the business was so dominant that we started, you know, after our first million revenue, we thought, okay, we should just deprecate our, all this consumer stuff. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And how did it... How did the box stuff work out? Like, did they come to you or was it a similar story to Yammer? Like they'd been looking for it and then just discovered you? Um, that also uh, required a construction of a relationship over time. Um, box, again, they, you know, we, we had a really good product and they really wanted to incorporate the benefits of our product within theirs. But one of Box, I would say, core features is security. Mm-hmm. And so despite our spending about a year or two, uh, on the order of a year trying to figure out how to get our product into theirs, there was really no great way of doing so without um, simply having our top technology within their, their server environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During that time, our revenue was also, like our business was just really doing well. And at a certain point, from Box's perspective, it no longer became just a technology acquisition um, they could rationalize it as a business acquisition too, mm. which still generates their business quite a uh, quite a bit of revenue. Oh, I didn't know that. So there's so other service providers still using that technology yeah, outside it, of Box. Oh, that's I didn't right. Know it's that. involved into something called a uh, Box View, which uh, a lot of clients still use. Oh yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So they so they went from just may, maybe a pure technology acquisition to like a enterprise value acquisition. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I enjoyed working there. Um, they're a great company. Learn. My current business in Burst would not, it would definitely not be as successful as it is if not for the exposure to a lot of the, the, the great talent I, I met at, at yeah, Box. Yeah. That's it. Actually, when we switched, we switched from Dropbox to Box about two years ago, and it was such a breath of fresh air. It's, it's so great. I actually started just buying their stock. It was like one of those like things where let's not overthink this and this is a superior product. So just started buying their stock and it's done really well. But I think it's because they're, it's a well-managed company, and it's, they're fighting like some big competitors, like Google and you know Amazon and Dropbox, and they just seem to execute. They yeah. do that really well. I can go on this topic for a while because I've done you know doc the content management for I think a decade before switching into um, corporate card management. Uh, in general, that space there are two types of B two B markets. There is the SMB market, and then there is the enterprise market. In the SMB market, you have a very, there's a lot of really tough competition. You've got mm-hmm. Microsoft going for it, yeah. um, Google going for it, and Dropbox going for it. Um, Box has the advantage of having a good reputation amongst the Fortune 500. Um, and if you look at where the revenue is, uh, it, 
you know, they're both viable strategies. Yeah. I think Dropbox will do very well as yeah. well. Um, but Box definitely has a great market carved out for itself. Yeah. Dropbox was missing all the things that a business customer needs. Like they, we literally couldn't couldn't get someone on the phone to talk to us, huh. despite paying like the maximum amount. And that was like a six month thing. I tried many times and it just, just, I think they're building customer support and things like that now, but it was just like totally, they, they just didn't know how to sell that kind of customer or actually more importantly, support that kind of customer where box was like, you know, pl- plug and play from day one it took me about three hours to, to migrate and we were ready and rolling and our, and our, and our clients like it, which is, which is huge. Yeah. I, I do think that, I think, I think both box and Dropbox will do very well. I mean, yeah. they are doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you had a couple other like kind of perspectives. Well, this is off mic, like perspectives from a startup. I mean, what was it like moving cross country? Like that was must have been a really difficult decision. Was it just practicality? And you're like, look, the Y Combinator Network can help us get funded, or was it like you needed a new beginning mentally? Like what precipitated that move? Well, it, you know, we were just we we're having trouble fundraising, and uh, Y Combinator was just this great opportunity. There were a lot of amazing um, YC alumni who had done very well through that program. Uh, for Ryan and myself, for the majority of the team, it, it was a no-brainer. I grew up in Los Angeles, and I wanted to be closer to home. Um, so we were very familiar with the uh, reputation of the program. And out of practicality, it was just a great opportunity for us to reset the company and a great opportunity for us to... Uh, raise more capital afterwards. And it had a happy ending, which is fantastic. Definitely. But as part of that process, um, you asked me what I learned about startups. If I were investing or just talking to friends, in, in general, things that I tend to look for, um, a team that'll stick together, uh, you know, perseverance is really important. Oftentimes, these startups take, it takes at least four years to build anything of value and yeah. likely 10 to build uh, a great company if even after having found product market fit it takes about a decade to r- really really uh, see through the execution of that idea it's like the jeff bezos thing where his his timelines are longer than everybody else so he ends up winning a lot of time yeah you know, it's definitely. like i love how committed you are and how you think that way that's that's and especially as someone who's investing in your company it's like i love hearing that that's amazing so let's talk about inverse a little bit like you guys are growing really nicely you also came, you went to Y Combinator for the second time, right? Yeah. Well, was that a hard decision or was that like just a, a no-brainer? Again, of all investors, I, I think Y Combinator really adds a lot of value uh, for a B2B business. Uh, for better or worse, they give you easy access to a really passionate initial group of early adopters. And their, their network is really quite strong. And not only that, um, their, their perspective on growth of small startups and what to look for, what to focus on. They're pretty sharp. They've they've seen this like a thousand times, and even for a repeat entrepreneur, can help uh, help mentor uh, mentor founding team and uh, direct them towards growth. So, did you go into Y Combinator with this concept, or were you iterating while you were in there? I had launched at TechCrunch Disrupt uh, a couple months beforehand. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so, what was the epiphany you had with Emburse? With Crocodoc, we had struggled to keep control of finances, whereas with a product like Box, all our content was centralized um there was uh, multi-tier permissions access to content was tightly controlled and there didn't seem to be an analogous company within the financial space so coupled with the challenges we had keeping control of uh budgeting at crocodile it just made a lot of sense to try to build a similar company 
within the fintech space. That's interesting. Wow. And so you, so card management and spend was like your number one target. In general, we wanted to build uh, the types of tools that would assist uh, controllers at companies with buckling down on budgets or give, granting them visibility into where their uh, money is being yeah, spent. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that visibility is actually so valuable because you can manage your business intelligently if you know where you're spending money. We have so many clients that come to us without that visibility. Like, that's one of the things we try to get people to, and that's why we like Inverse. But it's like, without that visibility, you're flying blind. We have companies that don't even know how much their burn rate is and how many months of cash they have when they come to us. So like your mission is totally resonates with me and it resonates with our client base. Yeah. We're, we're starting with corporate cards initially. And I, I suspect as a company progresses, we'll, we'll grow our product to, uh, encompass, encompass features beyond just corporate card management. And so you, so that was the, the kernel of the idea you joined Y Combinator. And then what was the, what was the road like after that? From there, so there's a couple different moves a business can make. There are these jumps where you take technology and you apply them to different markets. And Burst isn't like that. We, we had a, an initial core group of pretty passionate users. And from there, we just started building stuff that they've requested. There was a lot of very fundamental stuff we needed to fix first. For instance, uh, f- funds movement was uh, initially a problem. And mm-hmm. we really had to work on enabling faster transfer of funds into the Burst account. Uh, also enabling higher spend limits and international transactions, which is absolutely essential if you're doing a business. Oh, you guys can do international. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, for instance, there are a lot of great software com- businesses that are incorporated in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And that was, like, amongst the first things we bumped into. How do you handle, like, KYC and, you know, that's know your customer and some of, like, the terrorism, oh, you know, yeah. money flow stuff? Like, how do you do your compliance? Our banking partner initially set some unbelievably conservative uh, requirements. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And so for the first three months, uh, Roger, my co-founder, he had a a tough time onboarding clients because we would have this ridiculously long list of documents we need from them. And even after collecting the documents, it'd take us another week to get them approved. And and so (laughs) in those first three months, amongst the things that we initially had to focus on was just streamlining the KYC process. Yeah, yeah. We have some stronger vendors now that allow us to get through that process oh, much faster. Okay. So you, and so you guys can handle, like, you can provision cards to the UK or some of the other international con- uh, countries? Our, our cards can, um, our transactions can be authorized internationally. Um, these cards can be uh, issued on behalf of the business to any individual, like a contractor or, uh, or employee, just via an email and name. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so you, that was kind of the early days you're dealing with compliance, you're, you're trying to basically how to, how to onboard people. And then was there a couple moments where things really started to hit? Like what, what epiphanies did you have? We initially just launched with the corporate card product and, um, something we focused on over the next few months was really becoming intimate with the accounting community. And so honestly, when you guys jumped on board as investors, we appreciated your vote of confidence because you belonged to the community that we knew we needed to get closer mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And in that process, discussions with accountants and controllers led us to building things like receipt collection, uh, expense policy enforcement, automated categorization, and help us uh, helped us think of our product as really being task-oriented around um, the reconciliation and budgeting process as opposed to being around card issuance and spending Mm -hmm. a a Mm -hmm. lot of our our feature set is on our a lot of the new features we've added have been designed to restrict spending as opposed to enable it 
Yeah, and the, the, the reconciliation and that stuff is actually really – people – until I started doing this, I didn't realize how important that was. But you could have the newest, coolest service, but if we can't pull that into QuickBooks and actually reconcile the accounts and if it doesn't make our lives easier, it's hard to get us to adopt something, you know? Yep. And I think the whole accounting channel is like that, like making our life easier – Make, become, makes us an advocate for your product because then we start messaging it to our clients and telling them to use it. Yep, yep. You can tell a startup's doing well when, uh, from a sales perspective, you have more inbound leads than, than you do uh, uh, outbound uh, yep. from a, a, a sales team. Um, regarding that focus on delivering a great experience from the perspective of a controller or accountant, you touched upon ensuring we had a great, for example, QuickBooks integration or, or Zero integration. Um, or, or NetSuite integration, uh, until we built that really great NetSuite integration or really great QuickBooks integration, there existed a lot of friction from the controller's perspective that, uh, that dampened sales efforts. So that was amongst, uh, that was an early focus of our company. That's awesome. What are some of the things on the horizon? Like, what are you guys, you said there's a couple of initiatives you might be building or might look at or some of the stuff you can talk about in the future. Yeah. Our product, as I said, is, is uh, task-oriented around uh, expense policy enforcement or receipt collection. It's, it's as if you had something like Expensify, but instead of reimbursing your employees or contractors after money has been spent, oftentimes it's necessary to provision them with uh, spending privileges ahead of time. And so many of the features you'd expect to see within the standard reimbursement workflow we're re-adding that or we're adding them into Imburse so that you can request a purchase, for example. Or with expense policies, you can implement um, more granular rules. I love the request to purchase. That makes so much sense. Like, Can you walk people through that? Yeah. We have one of our clients, for example, uh, they uh, manage a travel agency. And oftentimes when one of their clients needs to arrange an itinerary, one of their operators will use Imburse, request uh, detail the, the cost for that itinerary, request to make that purchase. Depending upon the purchase request uh, requirements, um, some of them will be automatically improved and some of them will require manual approval from a, c- a controller. And then uh, after approval of that uh, purchase, uh, a virtual card will be sent to that operator and the, the itinerary can be paid for online. That's, it's so amazing. Really cool. Um, what are some of your most popular features? Like, What are people loving about it? I would say the most popular thing about a product, a lot of businesses uh, are, are segmenting their expenses using different cards. So they'll have not only a card for each individual at a business who needs to uh, regularly make purchases, but they'll also have a card for things like IT infrastructure or mm. for um, recurring software expenses or for... Um, oh, one thing that our product is often used for is with uh, controlling employee uh, perks and uh um, benefits or budgeting employee perks and benefits. So if, for example, a business is has a couple locations and they need to control the employee meal expenses at each location, oftentimes they'll issue a separate uh, inverse card for those. Yeah, that makes so much sense. <clears throat> so you guys are integrated with QuickBooks. Have you done Zero and NetSuite yet? Those are in beta and they're, they're looking good. Awesome. I mean, that's the full, that's, those are the big three right there. You yeah. get those three. That's awesome. That's got, and probably when you, you guys, Zero, for, for the record, we're a big QuickBooks shop, but we, you know, we respect Zero, and we just find that QuickBooks is a little bit more industrial strength for what we need it for. But one thing, interesting thing about Zero is they're very international. Do you think that's going to pull you into more international markets and you're going to have to tackle that kind of stuff? 
I'd say a priority right now, QuickBooks is by far the, the meatiest mm-hmm. of, of the three that, um, given our client base right now, most our uh, feature improvements or feature requests have uh, required a, a deeper integration with QuickBooks. Yeah. I would say NetSuite actually is the next most popular, actually. For sure. NetSuite is. Especially if you weight it by uh, revenue brought in from our clients. Yeah. Or size of the client, right? Yeah. 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 That makes total sense. Cool, man. Well, can you give kind of, uh, just tell people where they can find you online and and give the quick and burst pitch one more time so people really understand what they're getting? So www.imburst.com. It's like reimburse, but spelled with an E. Um, and without the re part, <laughs> just, just g- g- go to cruiseconsulting.com. We're, we have we're a giant, giant, uh, logo on our site. Cause we're huge fans. Yeah. And, and in general, um, yeah, basically we issue a corporate card that helps enforce expense policies. So with Enburse, you can instantly issue virtual or physical cards. Um, you can automate transaction categorization and, uh, you can spet, set, uh, granular spending controls as well as. Um, enforce a receipt collection. It's a really powerful product. We like, we use it internally and we recommend it to our clients. So congratulations on what you built so far. And I really, really respect what you're talking about when you say, you know, startup takes a lot of perseverance and a team that stays together. And I love it when your team comes into our office and you guys are asking our accountants, like how we do things and learning from us. And that, that tells me you guys are going to be around for a very, very long time. Thank you for inviting me here. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. That's Emburse, Peter Lai, and uh, definitely check it out. E-M-B-U-R-S-E.com. And uh, again, we're big fans. Peter, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.